greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 20th. As always, doing the weird voices, making the weird sounds is your boy, Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined... Hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. You can also send more detailed questions and thoughts to LockedOnPadres at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer and whatnot. And today we are going to be answering a listener question, which is really exciting. It's been a while since I've answered a listener question. Uh, We'll be getting to that uh, soon. Today's episode is going to be recapping uh, just quickly or at least I'm going to try to recap pretty quickly, uh, last night's game against the Rangers and just some quick kind of thoughts on that, including a lot of thoughts that happened to uh, have to do with uh, me being an idiot and being wrong on things. Um, and then we're going to get into part three of my discussion with Bryce Materic. Reason why part three is because it's very removed from the series, and I just think it's a fun baseball talk. It's basically me ranting and raving about uh, Rudetto Door and baseball brawls and some other things that having to do with the Rangers, uh, how Rudetto Door is kind of the bait of my existence, and also just uh, Bryce having a chance to just freak out about Fernando Tatis. Uh, we did record this on Monday, but still, it was a really good discussion, so I figured, hey, what the heck, I'll still throw it in anyway. Don't want to let it go to waste, but speaking of Renato Dora, guys, let's talk about Chris Paddock. I was campaigning yesterday. I've been campaigning for him to use the curveball more, and of course, Neto Dora, of course, one of the worst second basemen in baseball, especially for how many play appearances that he has, launches a solo shot off of one of his curveballs. Obviously, like more later on a door in the pot. I'm not going to get into it too much now, but uh, that was I was sad to see that. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> of course, it was this dude. But uh, Paddock final line. He goes six innings, only allows four hits, one run, does give up two walks, and strikeouts strikes out five. Uh, solid. Bottom line, it's the first time he'd gone six innings since the Dodgers start on August third. Not the time he got lit up, obviously, but the one before that, um, where he was also kind of fine. And he looked okay. I thought that he was locating the fastball a little bit better. And I thought that the velocity was a little bit more consistent when he needed it to be at that 96 miles an hour, which was good. And I also tweeted out that I loved when there was a leadoff double that he didn't panic and freak out. You know what I mean? And that he, despite the guy getting to third, struck out the next guy that he needed to and just didn't allow any runs uh, there, which was great, obviously, since this ended up being a really close game. Uh, So, yeah. Solid outing for him. I think his next start will probably go against the Mariners since it's only a three-game set against Houston, but I'm not totally sure. Maybe they might have to have him pitching on four days rest only. I'm not totally sure. I don't know about the lineup for sure. Maybe they'll push uh, starts ahead like they did uh, earlier this week and how I didn't expect that. It was going to be Paddock and Lynn last night, so uh, we'll see how that pans out. But let's speak of more things that I was wrong about. Jerks and Profar, and I was kind of rightfully uh, not... No, 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 that didn't come at me on Twitter, but uh, Padres Obsessed West on Twitter uh, tweeted at me saying, hey, you were talking trash about Profar. How do you feel about him now? He's one of our best hitters in the last 10 games, and by the way, he only has one error on the season and has made a few really good plays. So his defense has been good, and also he said he just made him sad, downright awful. He's actually been just fine, especially since he started swinging the bat. And speaking of those last 10 games, Padres Obsessed West is correct. His last 10 games, he's had a slash line of 294, 333, 588. That includes a double, three homers, two walks, which is nice, six RBIs in total. He has been better, although I still have questions about uh, his consistency offensively, especially 
especially considering the totality of his career. He's around a 234 uh, lifetime hitter, which is not great, especially since he doesn't necessarily make up for it for being like an incredible on-base side of guy. Uh, and defensively, he did make that error and left that wasn't actually an error or wasn't counted on in the Justin Turner's uh, 7th career hit against the Dodgers. But granted, that wasn't left field, not necessarily his primary position. And also just with the A's, I always will freak out about um, – Profile, especially since there's been, I think there's been a couple plays where I thought he could have made the play in the infield that I was annoyed about, and obviously the one atrocious throwing error that he made. Bottom line is, if you look at last year, the A's seemed to have so much coming from their camp that they were worried about because he did make 10 errors in the first half, only made three the rest of the way, so he did make some adjustments. Maybe just it was such an egregious number to start that you had to expect some positive regression, I guess, in the defensive area as well. But I do worry that, I mean, the air, the A's were a little bit worried about his kind of ability to make the throw to first base and having the yips and all that. So I'm always going to just be nervous about profile defensively, but I do admit maybe hasn't been quite as bad as I've led to believe um, as I've led you all to believe. I should say I am the host after all. So uh, yeah, that's that. It's a fair thing to say. And one good thing to uh, point out is all he also doesn't strike out too much, and he doesn't whiff all that much. Just from MLB Statcast, pull out some nerd uh, type of things for a second. He's in the 89th percentile in terms of his strikeout percentage and whiff percentage, which is uh, probably even more exciting. Is that his whiff percentage is 96th percentile, which is good. Not not that I'm gonna go too deep into the numbers. Is weighted on bases in the 84th percentile. I I think that or is expected weighted on base. I think um. I think bottom line is if he can just be okay, if he can do what he did in 2018 where he hit 20 homers and 250 around that area as like your ninth hitter, that's really good. You know, as like your ninth hitter, that's really solid, especially if you got guys like Naylor and Garcia potentially coming off the bench uh, if needed. So he's not going to be a star. Still 26 years old, but I think uh, it is true. I have been a little bit too rough on him. But maybe that's just because, one, I I have to do a podcast every day, and two, because I'm just worried considering the shortened season that maybe if you've been so bad, maybe it's just time to to start moving around, especially with Cronenworth playing so well as he has been. But anyway, uh, another good thing about him is that uh, he's very fun, I must admit, guys. I loved seeing him dance with Tatis in the clubhouse and when he hit the home run, which was great. I'm not going to discuss Tatis's homer because whatever. He hit another home run. Wow. Shocking. I, I don't know what more I have to say about the guy. He's the best like player in the league right now, so I don't really know much more to say. And Bryce is going to talk about him more plenty in just a little bit, so we'll leave that aside. Uh, nice throw from Hedges, which is nice to see, uh, to get... Isaiah Kinner Falafa, I think that's how you say his name, stealing third base. It's like the second time in a short time span, I feel like, that I've seen guys trying to steal third on hedges, which is odd, just testing that arm of his. Very weird. Uh, but now let's talk about one of the more main discussion points of the game, which is Jace Tingler's bullpen management. I'm undecided, but I do get the criticism of Jace Tingler as Pomeranz did throw. He, he he threw 18 pitches, though, the day before. And Kirby Yates did just go on the IL for the rest of the season. So I can understand his, he might be reticent to throw in his now best reliever, especially in a, a bullpen that's been uh, really shaky, especially in a situation. I don't know. I just I don't want to hate him for the call, but I understand people criticizing. Hey, also, he did throw 18 pitches, but also before that, he hadn't pitched in a while, so maybe just on one day's rest, he should be able to go. I think it's just the nervousness with Yates being down 
and being worried about Pomeranz and not wanting to. I mean, if they lost Pomeranz, that would be a disaster. So I can understand that and just the overall bullpen woes. And hey, Matchstrom hadn't been too bad before this. And also it was Joey Gallo. And Joey Gallo, like I have mentioned, at least I think I mentioned it uh, talking with Bryce, uh, kind of the only batter that you have to fear from this Rangers lineup. He hits the home run. It was annoying to see, and, uh, you know, he actually almost hits a grand slam. That's what it looked like uh, in extra innings, which scared me half to death. Um, but still, I was a little bit – I was wondering why they didn't put Pomeranz in the game. But I don't want to kill him yet. I don't want to kill him just yet. I want to give him a little bit more time. But I understand the criticism. That was such a diplomatic, boring way for me to get through it. But that's, that's how I feel. And I also joked on Twitter how I got nervous seeing Tim Hill enter the game. Otherwise, known was Cam Gigandit. Uh, but he was absolutely excellent. Had actual control this time. Don't get me wrong. He still was throwing kind of like a wild animal. Just as submarine style of pitching. And pitches were going high in the zone. But bottom line is it was working. It was getting strikeouts. And I don't know why the Rangers were complaining about one of them. And... I didn't hate his decision to not go for the ball on that chopper kind of in the infield. It was weird. It was placed just super oddly, just an unlucky placement of the ball. And if I were Tim Hill in that situation, I know it might be an easier play for him, but it is Austin Hedges. You know what I'm saying? If he were my catcher, I might be more inclined to let him make the play than me. And even so, I don't know if he was going to make that play at first anyway. And then, of course, the final inning, Grisham and Tatis have great at-bats. The story of the game, Grisham maybe got lucky with the no-strike call on that one, too. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. But Tatis' at-bat, objectively, he was great, swinging at pitches. That, that at-bat lasted what felt like a decade long. Uh, but bottom line is you could just tell he wanted to be the hero again because he's been the hero so often. He's just like, I'm ending this right now. Uh, but he stayed alive and drew that walk. And then, Manny! He did it! The son of a bitch did it! That's right, Grand Salabi again! It was great for Manny Machado, the 11th of his career. Uh, grand slam wise and I forgot what walk off I think that was a six walk off of his career I could be wrong uh, it was great and here's why I think that this is Manny Machado's defining Padres moment. There's three reasons for that. Number one, to walk off, right? Walk-offs are going to be offensively like the defining moments for batters, right? And it was a walk-off grand slam. That's kind of 1B, I would say, for that. And also just how average he's been this season and how I've said that I worried sometimes that Machado's like an empty stats guy where, yes, he will hit those 30 home runs a year, but how many of them do you feel like and how many RBIs do you feel like he got when the team wasn't down by five runs or whatever? Um so it was great to see that he had been struggling in some of those situations I got on him big time for when he had first and third in both of those Dodgers games that didn't drive anyone home and then hit a liner which was kind of well hit but then leads to the Grisham being thrown at home I got on him for that and also there was another situation early on in the game when it was first and 30 and drive someone in which wasn't great but bottom line it was he did drive a bit this time and just the in general tension Reason number three, the in-general tension between the Rangers and the Padres, their walk-offs and the whole Tatis drama that we don't have to talk about more so because it's been talked about so much. And for us to end it on that, oh, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. The Padres are the first team uh, since the 06 White Sox to have three consecutive Grand Slabs, which is an awesome stat and super fun. That White Sox team, if you go back and look at it, very weird, especially in terms of their pitching. Their offense was great, but their pitch starting pitching was really not good. Mark Burley, uh, who people have like kind of a soft spot, he was not that great that year. He had a 4.99 ERA. Uh, so just odd team 
for you to find out is the one that last did that. But still, it was great to see. But those are my thoughts on the game, guys. Now for a listener question, the first one in a while. It comes from Chargers Nerd Daniel on Twitter at the Chargers Nerd. He said, "Do you think the Whit Merrifield rumors have legs? And if so, would they put him in left field, second base, or DH? More generally, do you think they find a way to get Crone Zone and Merrifield both in the lineup with Profar and Yellow Garcia coming in and out?" So here's the thing: I did see this kind of rumor. It's it's a very very little little rumor that I've seen around. Actually, when I first saw it, I thought it was a parody account at first. Honestly, um, I think first of all to answer the part one of that. I don't know how much... Because here's the thing. I said before the season that I still think Preller has a move to make, and I think that C.J. Abrams might be one of those prospects that he'd be more willing to deal since he's kind of a shortstop, and we... I don't know if you guys have heard, have like the best shortstop in the league right now. They're probably going to sign him to a $765 million contract if they want to uh, as soon as they get the chance. So maybe he would be the most expendable uh, Padres kind of prospect. I don't know. You, uh, It's it's all based on opinion. I, I know usually like catcher prospects are usually people you want to get rid of. But whatever. Maybe they would do that. Maybe couple him with, I don't know, one of those guys that you mentioned maybe between – Naylor and Garcia, maybe they would do that. And it's not like the the Royals are in all that great of a position right now. They're kind of in no man's land too. Similar to the Rangers, actually, where they basically only have that one player who's kind of valuable for the team right now. Uh, they have Jorge Soler, I guess, too. So that's not entirely accurate. But you get what I'm saying, right? And um, the other thing is that it would be great for the Padres, but they also have Merrifield on a really great contract. He's not getting paid too much. And considering that for the past two seasons, he's led the league in hits, and I think it was the seasons before that he led the league in steals among his position I could be wrong about that it's probably like some other guy like Billy Hamilton probably had a season maybe two years ago where he had like 50 steals so whatever but he's only getting paid around like five six million dollars a year and he's paid he's getting paid until 2023 so in terms of the Padres yes that would be great not have to having to give up that much for this ultimate kind of best utility man in the league arguably and he's playing super well right now and it would just give so much more flexibility to the lineup so I'm definitely pro uh trade for it as long as you don't give up like Patino or Mackenzie Gore, and please do not get freaked out by the Patino uh, outing so far, Preller. He needs time, and the pitching, I think, is more of a concern right now. But, I mean, you want to part ways with some of these guys and maybe get rid of C.J. Arams? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know just... I think that the the Royals, it makes sense, and the Padres would obviously, I'd love to see them do it. I think they put him in left field just because that seems to be the position where I've seen more errors in terms of outfield play so far this season. Will Myers is not the greatest defensive player, but I haven't seen him do anything particularly wrong this year. Maybe there's some weird advanced stats on that that I'm not aware of and that his, his range factor or whatever hasn't been good, but he hasn't been that bad. I know he's worse at first base, so they're putting him in right. I think they'd probably put Profar at DH in that case and swap him out with Naylor maybe. And then with Merrifield can play second. He could play wherever the heck he wants, honestly. But uh, left field would probably be where they would put him. I don't know. It'd be fun. It would that would give you yet another player along with Cronenworth that you can kind of plug and play uh, throughout the entire lineup. So I don't really know uh, how legit the rumor is, but I definitely think that since I was someone who early on in the early days of the podcast still believed that that Preller was looking to make one more move, I could see it. I could see it happening, but and just in general, though, I wonder, are there any trades that are going to happen? Just in the current time we're in, and such a small span to work with, the only teams that I can see, 
I just don't know how many teams that are in the middle of the pack, not guaranteed type of playoff teams, would want to go for it this year. I don't know. So I think the bigger question is not if I trust the Merrifield rumors, but if I just trust any trade rumors in general. This is unprecedented, and I don't really know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, sorry if that was kind of an ambiguous kind of answer to your question, but uh, I definitely would love it. It would be great. It would be super aggressive, but I just don't know the uh, the, the, the the realisticness of anybody being traded, really, uh, in this season of baseball. But, hey, we'll, we'll find out soon, as I think the trade deadline is August 30th, so we'll find out within the week. Hopefully this starts gaining ground. That would be really exciting for the Padres to make their offense even better and improve uh, at positions that they now need to improve in with Tommy Pham out. But with all that being said, guys, let's now go, go, go to this talk with Mr. Bryce Paterik. It's a really fun one. I'll see you guys at the end of the pod for one last little message that I wanted to get out there, which is really important. Let's go. Before we go on to Rugnet Odor, um, I, I just I need to talk about how great Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Been. Go for like, it. I have been dying I interrupted to talk you about when you were talking about it before. Like, I, I love watching him play baseball. Like, my brother lives in San Diego. Um, he's not a huge he's a huge sports guy he's more football but he's not always a big baseball guy but i've been trying to get him into the Padres. i'm like the Padres are fun like they you, they are in your city you literally like for a while he lived like basically walking distance um within walking distance of petco park we went to a couple games there when i went to visit him and petco park honestly like low-key like top five most beautiful mm. ballpark I, i'd say even top three for me um but anyway Speaking of beautiful things, Fernando Tatis Jr. has been maybe the best player in baseball this year. He's 21 mm-hmm. years old, and he's got an OPS over 1,000. Like, he's got a league, a, a tie for the most home runs in the league with, with nine. Um, he's also got five stolen bases without being caught. What has he been able to do so well this year besides literally everything? Uh, I'd say... The number one thing I'd say just in terms of like a statistical improvement is he's not chasing pitches as much as he used to last year. Uh, He swung out a lot of stuff that was out out of the plate. The strikeouts were a concern, not a concern to the point where it's like, oh, no, this guy's going to it was it was totally inconceivable that he could replicate last year. But more of a like, oh, maybe his 300 average isn't really what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to be a 260 guy, which is still good. Right. But uh, he's been chasing less. In general, the entire Padres team has been chasing less. They don't strike out nearly as much as they did last year. And they definitely take a lot more walks, which has been helped by the presence of uh, Trent Grisham especially, right? And, and Will Myers mm-hmm. deciding, to, deciding to be a good baseball player now. Um, I think, um, <laughs> I think the, the number one thing, though, is like I said, the, the not whiffing at people. And also, he's just, he's just a gamer. Like, I, I know I can't really, like... Sh- track this with stats i can't go log on baseball savant to screw everybody whatever like when you watch him play it's every single thing he does is exciting bro he his run to first base is exciting the way he runs on the i mean everyone talked about last year when he ran on a pop-up to the infield to, to tag from from third right like he does everything he's the way he throws the ball he, i think he's thrown next to Corey seager or somebody else uh, like the the hardest from shortstop, like he's throwing the hardest to first base um, at like 93 miles an hour, something crazy like that. Like he's Gosh. been excellent. Um, every single thing he does is exciting. And I think that maybe with the exception of guys, I know Judge is on the, the DL right now. And maybe I'd say Bryce Harper is probably the second slow key. Actually, I don't think people have been talking about how um, just indomitable and just omnipotent Bryce Harper has been this year too. Uh, <laughs> the only difference is that he hasn't necessarily been as, flashy with some of the plays as uh Fernando Tatis has been I mean everyone's seen this year like the home run when he just mean mugged uh his uh 
the dugout when he just looked back at God. them. I mean, everything is so, so much fun. I think objectively speaking, he's the most fun player in baseball right now. We are all right, whatever. That Mike Trout, yeah, cool, whatever. Okay, cool. He's good at baseball, yeah. No, whatever. Mike, uh, Mike Trout's <laughs> very good, but boring. Yeah, like, he can be for, boring. I he want, can be boring. Like, like, and I don't think it's, it's his fault all the time how good either. He is and how yeah. how good he's been. Like, it's not his fault. Like, it's just like, oh, Mike Trout just hit like a sixteen hundred foot bomb, and then like the next play, like from defense, like threw a guy out from literally the warning track on a no hop like cool whatever like you do that but like <laughs> fernando tatis is but he's like yeah this is what i do like cool i'm not that excited about it but fernando tatis is like yeah i'm the best player in baseball yeah Screw he's you. he's I'm owning show it he's you like how great i am it's great and it's uh even eric hosmer is like yeah that guy's the leader of our team now like he just is saying it he right needs, he's just like yeah that's he, it like baseball needs players like him mm-hmm. they really do they really do and i think that's what's been so exciting there's a great uh ESPN profile piece by Jeff Passan that I recommended everyone check out. But uh, if, if you didn't go do that, uh, it's really good. It's just, that's who he is. He's this guy that hustles on every play, makes you nervous every now and then uh, when you're watching a play, you're like, Oh, please just don't get hurt. Um, Cause he, he definitely did get hurt last year. Um, but yeah, that's the main thing with him. I don't really think that he's proved that last year was not an outlier and that he's just probably going to keep this up. He's probably the front runner for NL MVP next to Harper right now, honestly. And uh, and maybe some pitchers in there and maybe some random guy I haven't been paying attention to, right? But, yeah, he's been awesome, man. <laughs> he has been beautiful. Mm-mm-mm, guys, just one second before we get back into the chat. We got to talk about a yummy, yummy, yummy ad just for a second. That's right, guys. The OG homies over at Built Bar, they're back. They're back and arguably better than ever. So here's the thing, guys. They've got the, these protein bars that basically taste like candy. I mean, I mean they're, they're genuinely great, and I'm getting hungry just talking about them. And I talked about their just wide assortment of flavors from coconut almond to raspberry, German chocolate to banana bread, which is one of my favorites, and their mint brownie flavor, which I know people like mint. I'm not a big mint guy, and even I like their mint brownie flavor. Well, get this. I want you all, and, and I apologize if this ends up working, but I want you all to try to not get hungry by the new flavors that Built Bar has coming to them. They've got caramel brownie. Oh, cookies and cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cherry bar seal. I love a good bun. Lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Oh, I don't know if you guys can tell, but uh, I enjoy uh, indulging a treat every now and then. But what I enjoy even more is it indulging in a treat that doesn't make me feel like I'm gaining 25 pounds. That's right. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious sort of guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight. They've got low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. So, guys, if you want, just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And you got to check this out. I'm not totally sure. But you can get a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. So go, 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 go get Built Bar. It's great. Remember, promo code locked on at BuiltBar.com. $10. It's great. Go. Woo. But can we can we talk now about someone who hasn't been beautiful from the infield on your side of the your side of the woods, oh, your neck of the woods? Yeah. We 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 can talk about old old Rugie Ned Odor. Um, yeah. So mine is just like a gosh. So it's next to I'd say the th- I only hate a couple players in all of baseball. That's and the Runet Adore one, I admit, isn't as constant because he's bad. So therefore nobody really talks about him that much. He's not very good, right? Oh. So that's what's going to Texas. We we talk about him constantly and have been yeah. like ever like 
he has been talked about constantly. Maybe the most talked about Rangers player, like of the last five years. Like Jeez. no matter how good or bad he's been. Um, but like, tell me, tell me why you hate Rubnit Odor. But I, I can assume why. But I, I want to. I want to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, own, so you get your reasoning why. Um, look, I hate uh, Joe Kelly for similar reasons. I used. I still kind of hate Chris Sale. Not as much, but I did hate him for the one thing he did, uh, like a few years ago against the um, the Orioles. I'd say, yeah, th- this is it. It's the uh, and you maybe you have to do a podcast with AJ Andrews about this and do like an oral history of I would say the greatest like wild card game that was not a wild card game, but the greatest like division series game that was being treated like it was the Super Bowl, like it was the NBA Finals. And that was the Batista bat flip. That's that's what starts all of this and the Rangers beef, right? So first of all, right. all right, cool. All my friends out there, oh, he really sucked them one. All right, congratulations. He hit Jose Batista in the jaw. He, he, he got him. He got him. It wasn't a sucker punch, though. I will give him that. I will give the fact yeah. that like Bautista was ready no, to throw it was hands. Straight up punch. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a sucker punch. This isn't like so let me separate from the Joe Kelly thing. Reason I don't like Joe Kelly is I don't like headhunting. I think it's stupid. Congratulations oh, yeah. no, if you can garbage. throw out someone from 90 miles, you know, 90 feet away and you've got all of your team behind you. Congratulations, Joe Kelly. That's it really makes you like a tough guy, right? I hate this about all pitchers by the way. Madison Bumgarner is another one. Um and it's and it's usually for really arbitrary dumb stuff, right? Especially in the case of Bumgarner, Kelly. I get people hate the Astros, so unfortunately, this is an, an unpopular opinion for me to hate Joe Kelly right now. But uh, anyway, the Odor thing <laughs> is he's kind of the poster child for this Rangers thing, and this whole y'all waited a whole year to the last time they played the Blue Jays <laughs> to get mad at Jose Bautista because he flipped his bat. In a high-intensity game, by the way. A super big game that ends up them winning the series. And because he flipped a bat. not be- Like, that's why. So then he slides into second. God forbid he, like, retaliates to defend himself in some way after he gets hit by... I forgot who it is that hits him right intentionally. Matt and Bush. I just... Matt, Matt Bush. God, okay. Matt is a... Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think... You, how much do you know about Matt Bush and his whole <laughs> thing? Of, uh, of, I think uh, I know, but I don't even want to Wasn't he know. drafted by the Padres? I think he was. I'm pretty Wasn't sure he, he drafted was. By yeah. The, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, no, I think he was drafted like number one overall by the Padres and then like flamed out of baseball because he had like anger issues and I'm pretty sure alcoholism issues and um, some violent tendencies that landed him in jail. And then the Rangers gave him a second chance. Um, he was doing really well and then just kind of fell apart there. Like he were, there was a while there where he was a really dang good reliever, like just really dang good. Um, and that was around the 15, 2015 to like 2017. Um, mm-hmm. But I think actually, no, I think it was just 2016 and 2017. Cause I don't think he was up and wasn't a part of that series. Um, but I'm still not sure if the Rangers called for that or if Matt Bush just decided I'm doing this because mm-hmm. like, that would kind of make sense in who Matt Bush is, but it would also mm-hmm. absolutely make sense if Jeff Manister was like, all right, we're going to hit this guy. We're going to hit him at this exact point. Like, mm-hmm. cause it, there's no, there's no question of whether it was intentional or not, but the question yeah. is, did the Rangers call for it or did Matt Bush decide to take vigilante justice into his own hands mm-hmm. and, uh, and peg the heck out I of him? Think- and then the other reason I hate him, and I think this isn't like this is like less of his responsibility, is the like deifying of him because he hit him. 
Like he, he clean clocked them, right? Like everyone just ignores mm. my issue that I've had with baseball for a while, which is why are we hitting guys? Cause they're flipping bats or looking at their home. Madison Bumgarner just the other day, and the, I complained about this is, already. He's like the, mean the mugging Will Myers. Me. And I'm like, how about you strike him out? It's not hard. Like, what are we doing? This is so bad. The and thing now I'm is, getting upset. Like, didn't necessarily just hit him because of the bat flip. It's more because he slid in. Like that slide was yeah, just straight so up that's, dirty. that's true. Like he tried to take that's him true. out. That's, that's why um, I'm okay with that and justify that. And also, mm-hmm. Bautista is just a dick. And like I like seeing him get punched <laughs> in the face. But as a pro bat, as a pro bat flip person, it's hard when like the greatest bat flip in MLB yes. history was against your team. That's when you yeah, like, it's, it's like the it's one sucked. time because I still have to be like. I am pro bat flip. That was a good time to bat flip. I don't like that he got hit because of that. Allegedly, I just like that he <laughs> got punched like a, in his. You're saying face. that like it was an automated response. Like you were required to it, say that. <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, I signed you. a legal legal wire um, <laughs> waiver um, to do that. No, I have that that worked out because I I had to wrestle with it very very heavily. But like that's the thing. Like. I totally get that. And that's why I'm trying to, to illustrate. Like, we don't like that. Like, yeah, he bat flipped on our team. So we're going to hit him. It's like, no, he's a dick. So he yeah. got punched in the face for trying to take out Rugi. And that's why we like him. Cause like, that's who Rugi is. If he's on your team, right. you love him. If he's not on your team, you absolutely hate him. And the Astros right. really hated him for a while, which was great. Cause he would kill them. Um, but this year he has been awful. Like he has just been straight up awful. And it makes me sad. Cause I really like the kid. Like he's a good mm-hmm. dude. Um, in his contract extension, he got the Rangers to include uh, like that they were going to give him like three horses because he uh, breeds horses um, down in Venezuela. Cause, like you just like of course, of course he does because Rudolph is such a weird dude. But mm-hmm. he'll have these stretches. Like most of his the inconsistency is the best word to describe Bruno Dor in his career. He's inconsistent. He'll have moments where you think, oh my god, this guy's really good. Like there was a two month stretch or a month and a half stretch um, in 2018 where he was absolutely incredible in the month of july of 2018 in 24 games he hit 341 on base of 410 slugged 625 he had seven home runs uh, or six home runs in that month then he followed up with seven in the month of august he was fantastic he had an 897 ops in august so somewhere around like a 950 ops for two months and he mm-hmm. was fantastic he was walking a whole bunch um not more than he was striking out but he also had a crap ton of doubles, 12 doubles combined in those two months um, and had seven stolen bases combined in those two months. Like he was good. There was like a two, three week stretch where he was hitting like 500 with like most of like a decent chunk of those home runs. Like there was one series against um, San Francisco where he was just on fire. And so mm. we'll have those stretches and he have like one month almost like that almost every year where he's just on fire and incredible but he can't back it up. And mm-hmm. so far this year, like he just haven't, hasn't had that month at all. And it's just been bad. Like right now, um, where is he? What is he? He's hitting like um, 151, um, an OPS of 507. It's only just now over 500 um, because he hit the home run um, on Sunday, but he's just been bad defensively. He's been bad offensively. He just like, He's just been bad, and the Rangers are just about done with him. I mean, he's got an extension for 
um gosh how long is it i think it's another three years after this yeah uh through 2023 there's a team option that year um or a three million dollar buyout so it's just getting to the end of rubinetto door um it's looking like nick Solak is probably going to be the second baseman of the future and it's gotten to the point where i'm i have to resign myself to that yeah. which it sucks and like the thing about rubinetto door like you know how spiteful he can be I know, I know that the minute he goes to another team, God, don't <laughs> don't you dare trade him to an AL West team so that they can see him a bunch. But I know once he goes to another team, I think he's going to figure it out and become uh, at least an MLB average player. And then when he plays the Rangers, I think he's going to hit something like 800 with like yeah. a thousand bombs because he's that a spiteful sense. little dude, and I love that about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. It's just I don't... that's the eventuality. It's just I oh, didn't yeah. I just didn't like my my thing for Odor was like more of an encapsulation of just him being the poster boy for the Rangers acting like you know sore losers for that like yeah but but it's also like yeah Bautista had the dirty slide but it's also like what like I don't blame him if you guys are hitting him intentionally randomly all of a sudden like like I also don't blame him for that it was just a really crummy situation I just get mad at thinking about that I was like that bat flip was so good so juicy it was so my dad literally remembers that bat flip before he remembers who's won the world series the last four years right like it was just one of those those moments in baseball that we we need more Mm -hmm. of you know yeah we do but also that's the greatest like fight in baseball history like i love like random dumb baseball scrimmages especially when people like get out of the dugouts like nobody gets hurt it's just like a bunch of like posturing but that one like that's the best punch in baseball and like it landed on a dude who is kind of a D-bag, and I'm pretty sure even some of his own teammates at that point, um, I heard yeah. through back channels that like a couple of them were like, I was hearing stuff like I, that I, too. I yeah. wasn't going to go stop Rugi. Um, <laughs> but the fact that, uh, that Adrian Beltre could go and hold back somebody on the other team. Oh, yeah, we never um, talked about from... Beltre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, My favorite no, player of the uh, last like 10 years or one of them. God. Yeah, no, everything. Here's what you need to know about Adrian Beltre in retirement. He's good. He's happy. He does not awesome. miss baseball. And he's loving life. And that is like the greatest thing to hear. Like it's so, it's, nice. it's so great. So he's just oh, a, a happy gosh. family man. And he'll still like call Elvis every once in a while. They had an amazing bromance. And that like, that's the part that I miss is like for Elvis is not having um, Beltre there, but yeah. When he moved Beltre the batter circle. Oh my God. <laughs> God, that was the greatest moment of my life. And that was so, so good. So it was Beltre. so good. It was so good. <laughs> But yeah, um, Bryce, uh, this has been a fun, long chat. Uh, I must say we've talked basically not just Padres, Rangers, but just Rangers and Padres, if that makes any sense. Like it's been really fun diving deep into all these things, you know, because this is rare. We're not, this is interleague games. And I think that's, this is what's so fun. I love interleague games in baseball. I love when you get to play teams that you don't play like every other day. Uh, it's just much more fun and much more exciting. It adds a little bit of a new wrinkle to the schedule, even in a shortened season. I think that having variety is really important. Do you have any kind of like final thoughts you want to send out to the Padres folks? Um, yeah, Padres folks, hang on. I feel like <laughs> the Rangers for a long time, like they were just a trash team. They've still never won a World Series. 2011 is the most heartbreaking moment of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but it was just like the game six, the one strike away twice but like the Padres Mm -hmm. are right there and like I didn't start becoming I actually became a baseball fan in like 2010 
with a summer I had nothing to do. So I just decided to watch every Rangers game. And that was the year they ended up going to their first ever World Series. So like Mm -hmm. the Padres have a lot of young talent. AJ Preller is a very good GM with a good eye for things. Jace Tingor, I think, is going to be a very good manager. Always really liked him. I think he's got a great way with people. But like even when you're not winning, like you still have a lot of objectively fun players to watch. Like the Rangers, even when they were bad, they had Adrian Beltre for the last few years. And like that alone can make like even like a 10 to one game, like trash, like Adrian Beltre might, I don't know, move the on deck circle or uh, after getting like, or to get tossed out, or he might like fake catch a pop-up next Elvis or Fernando Tot for you guys, Fernando Tatis might like end up mean mugging a guy after hitting like a 500 foot bomb or mm-hmm. just make an incredible play, like tagging up on a friggin' infield pop-up and scoring. Like it's just, those things make baseball worth it. Even when the baseball sucks is enjoying people like Fernando Tatis jr. And don't worry about these bad losses, like getting swept by the um, Arizona, like that sucks, but there's not going to be that many more of them. And even though the Dodgers are probably going to be here for a while, it's not much longer before the Padres will be challenging them and pissing them off for the next like five to 10 years. Cause it's going to be good for the Padres for a long time. So enjoy this being here before they've finally made it because that's going to make when they do make it all the more worth it. Well said, sir. Uh, and on that note, uh, Hey, looking forward to this series, looking forward to messaging you. Uh, hopefully if, uh, to brag if the Padres win, that would be great. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'll pretend I don't even like the Padres and you will never hear from me again. Oh, yeah. I'll be I'll be sure to talk trash if it goes my yeah. way. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those guys that's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even like baseball. <laughs> what, what what are we talking about here? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Bryce, it's been a blast and I uh, hope you uh, do well. I hope you enjoy your vacation, too, sir. Sweet. It's been fun. Take care. You too, buddy. And cut. That about does it with my talk with Sir Bryce Paterk of Lockdown Rangers. It was a really fun discussion. Hopefully I didn't sound too crazy like a lunatic that was just ranting too much. I don't like being too much of a ranter on this podcast, but still, I hope you guys enjoyed it. But now, before we close out the episode, guys, I just wanted to talk about one final thing. As you guys probably heard, Tom Brenman of the Reds, the play-by-play kind of broadcaster, um, he was uh, recently suspended, and he's probably not going to do any NFL games. That's the new that's just just came out and I just want to say my only take on the matter it's obviously bad I'm not going to say what word he said here on the podcast obviously my only one take which is slightly different from every other take uh Hannah Kaiser who I've uh talked about a lot on this podcast who actually did a uh bandwagon for the Padres video today I'm going to link that in the description below you guys should check that out that bandwagon show is awesome even if it isn't the Padres but she bandwagon the Padres just shout out to her forgot to mention that at the top of the podcast but uh she wrote really well about this too so I recommend that but um in general I urge everyone listening to this podcast to monitor the type of friends you have that feel more – obviously, you want to monitor your friends who use language like this, but also monitor your friends who their first inclination is to feel bad for the oppressor, in this case, Tom Brenman, more than the oppressed, which is, in this case, the LGBTQ community. I'm not saying don't be friends with those type of friends that uh, are like this, but I just want people to monitor and be mindful of the people who are like ranting about cancel culture and all that. I'm not saying that there isn't a genuine discussion to be had about maybe the negatives of cancel culture and stuff, but I don't think this is one of them. 
And I think that as someone who's talked about that I, when I was much younger, used this word, I learned how to not use this word. It's really not hard. That's really my take on it. I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, the English language, it's got a lot of words in it. That's really all I want to say, guys. Look at your friends and look at them and monitor the type of people who their first thing is they start feeling bad for this person, right? Trust me. The type of people out there, and this is one of my beliefs, type of people out there who always spout the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never harm me or will never harm me. I just feel like a lot of the people that peddle that quote a lot have never had targeted words historically that are thrown at them like groups like the LGBT community and, of course, other minority groups that I'm not getting to right now. So that's just what I want to say. I don't want to be too mean about it. I don't want to rant about it. All I want to say is look at the people around you and just be careful because I know there are certain people, and I might be a hypocrite, there are certainly people in my life that maybe I haven't always called out for using certain language uh, like this this homophobic slur that was used yesterday. Bad day for baseball for sure, Um, and there's no fun thing to talk about it. But with all that being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, follow the show or myself on Twitter, and send me some more questions like Mr. Chargers fan Daniel uh, sent me. Shout out to him. The boy. Thank you for sending in a question as seems like a new listener to the pod, honestly. But uh, thank you for the question, sir. And go send me some nice reviews maybe on iTunes. That would make my ego uh, so much higher than it already is it would go through the mountains over the lands the blistering winds and storms it would be great for me right Um, but anyway uh go do that if you'd like guys and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care